Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Coming up on Believe in Soccer, sunken in the Hudson River rivalry, the Red Bulls suffer their most lopsided defeat in the six-year history of their head-to-head series versus New York City FC. What it means with a week to go in MLS regular season after a 5-2 defeat at Yankee Stadium. The Shep Messing Podcast begins now. Hi and welcome in this week leading up to what Major League Soccer has very effectively marketed as Decision Day. The final day of the regular season in which all 26 teams play, all playoff positions, and in this case a Supporters' Shield winner too is determined. I'm Steve Cangelosi along with Shep Messing as the first order of business is to dust off a pretty humbling defeat at the hands of their Cross River rivals. Was the game as lopsided as the score would indicate? Steve, that's a great first question. And and look, the answer is no. You look at the score and you think they were never in the game. It was a game, right? 2-2 at the half, a wonder goal uh, by Alex Ring. It wasn't a penalty kick, in my opinion, on Tim Parker. So, no, the, the end score really didn't reflect the game. But it was a beating. I don't think Red Bulls deserve to win the game. Uh, maybe a 3-2 would have been a, a more indicative score. Okay, so this is six straight games in the Bronx without a victory. Would this be more of a red flag for the Red Bulls this late in the season if they were to surrender five goals on any other field in the league? I guess my question is, can you consider the games at Yankee Stadium outliers or not really? A hundred percent. I think any game, and and remember, Steve, I played a a full season uh, back in my day at Yankee Stadium, and I, as a goalkeeper, really had to change my game. So answer to the question, you can't count a game at Yankee Stadium like a regular game in any other arena in the country. It's it's the dimensions of the field are not the only problem. What, What people don't realize for a player especially a defender or a goalkeeper, when you look up the way the field is situated, where the stands are, where the outfield walls are, it gives you a totally different perspective in terms of reading, anticipating. A player in a wide position who whips a ball in as a cross, before you know it, it's actually a a shot. So I, I throw all the stats out when it comes to especially defending at Yankee Stadium, it's more like pinball. Do you think that's what happened to Drew Yearwood on the Gary Mackay-Stevens goal? Because it appeared he never saw him sneaking behind. 100%. And again, if I had not been on the field myself playing many, many games, I would think, really? What are you talking about? But, But it's real. You get disoriented as a player when you're down on that on that field and in the bowels of Yankee Stadium, it's very disconcerting. 
So the Red Bulls five game undefeated streak was fueled by this never say die attitude and the team's ability to come from behind. And after Valentin Castellano scores the game's opening goal in the 12th minute, the Red Bulls had not one answer, but two. It didn't take them long to tie the game. Six minutes after going behind, it's Brian White, perhaps the team's hottest player now, who levels. White sees it taken off his foot. Challenge on Caceres. Brian White gives it a go and scores! Brian White from outside the 18. We're level at one. So that's three goals for White in the last four games. Is his stock rising to the point where the Red Bulls would be inclined to start him if they had a playoff game coming up in a few days? (laughs) Look, what I loved about that goal from Brian White It's the first time we've seen him not only score a goal from outside the area, I don't think I remember him ever taking a shot from Mm. outside the area. So that's a different dimension to his game. You know, I always remember Wondolowski talking about how he practices. Uh, And he said, I'm never outside the area. 99% of my goals are in and around the six-yard box. So that's how I practice. So... That dimension to Brian White's game, I think that's that's huge. And to your point, maybe he's the guy now uh, inserted with his name in the lineup every game. We had this conversation a couple of weeks ago, and I think we were both on the same page at the time, that this team is at its best when Barlow is on the field. But if Barlow is not going to provide the most simple function that a striker needs to provide for his team, and namely that is scoring goals, is it – Is it sort of end of discussion if that's the way it's going to be? He's stuck on two since that game against Montreal back in late September. Look, Bradley Carnell is is on the field every day. He's in the locker room. You make a good point because I like many aspects of Barlow's game. He's big. He's strong. He's fast, athletic. He beats up on defenders. He can make diagonal runs. He could draw a central defender out into a wide position. But yeah, he gets paid to score goals. Maybe you rotate them within the same game. Almost start Tom Barlow to make runs, beat up on a on a central pair of defenders, and then Brian Waite gets the second 45. These are issues Bradley Carnell will deal with. But both of these players, I think, have, have grown a little bit this season from the way they started out. Brian White also factored into the other Red Bulls goal. Later on, he sets up Christian Caceres for a 2-1 Red Bulls lead. But even that goal, tell me if you agree, happens in a stretch of the first half where you sense the Red Bulls just don't have a grip on this game. And sure enough, City scores four unanswered goals. Did you see that coming at the time when Caceres makes it 2-1? No, I didn't. I didn't, Steve. You know, in the locker room, and we're in the broadcast booth at halftime, and you and I, I I remember off air, you said, what do you think is going to happen? And I said, I have no idea. I didn't think they had a firm grip on the game, New York Red Bulls, but they they were certainly in the game, not just the score two to two. It was a pretty even game before it fell apart. Interim head coach Bradley Carnell put a lot of this loss on himself when it was done. So, yeah, I'm disappointed at myself um, first and foremost. And uh, yeah, I'll take this one um, all on my cap. And uh, yeah, big apologies to the fans because this uh, this hurts the most. And uh, in certain games like this, uh, where we want to achieve more and uh, 
yeah, really make a statement in the league and uh, show where we are and uh, who we believe to be. Um, yeah, and then we just get the, our feet taken away from us. So yeah, disappointing for sure. Learning moments for sure. Um, but it's again, yeah, we'll bounce back and uh, work harder than ever. Why do you think he's so hard on himself there? Listen, we've come to know his post-game comments, right? Sometimes when the, when the team plays really well, uh, he beats up on them. Sometimes when they have a bad loss early in his tenure as the interim coach, he would, he would be almost ecstatic in, in praising them. So a lot of it is psychology 101. But to the point, I, I do think he bears some responsibility. And in his comments, he said, if you let NYCFC have the ball and spread it around, spray it around, and that to me is, is telling me that he thinks he either didn't put a lineup on the field that could really press, or he didn't insist on, on that high-pressure man-to-man marking. They did allow NYCFC too much time on the ball, and they're skill, skillful enough that they could beat you. And we have to provide balance here. There were two teams on the field, and New York City was exceptional at times. Castellanos becomes the first player in this rivalry to score a hat-trick since Davidia did so in 2017. And let's be frank, they identified a portion of the field that they can exploit. And for the Red Bulls, that was their left back. This is one Jason Pondant wants to forget. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you and I try and stay balanced during a broadcast. And I found myself every five minutes being critical of him, but, but it was warranted. Look, he's a young player. He had a horrendous night, a bad day at the office, and it wasn't just defending. It was when he got forward on those cute short corner kicks, he'd put a useless cross in, and now NYCFC has numbers going going the other way. So, look, it was a terrible night uh, for Jason Pendant, um, but it wasn't a great night for, for a lot of players. I want to hear one more time from Carnell, who knows this team can't have a repeat performance defensively such as this versus Toronto or anyone they might meet in the postseason. And they could go into the postseason on the heels of consecutive losses unless they play well against Toronto FC. Yeah, listen, I mean, if you allow a team like New York City to, to pass the ball around at ease and at will, it's going to be tough for anybody. Um, and we pride ourselves on our uh, proactive defending. Um, and, and I felt that slipped away from us today, you know. So, um, but again, like I say, I can't blame the players. Um, this is something that has to go on my cap and I take full responsibility for. You have said numerous times teams want to identify a real starting 11 at this time of year. I'm going to ask you to go for it. What is the Red Bulls' best starting 11 as we have this conversation the first week of November? That's a good one, Steve. And, and yes, I've been harping on that uh, all season long. I'm a firm believer. Uh, rotation of squad is necessary, especially this season. But I don't think there's a coach or manager in the world that doesn't want in his head his his go-to starting 11 so obviously ryan mara in goal uh kyle duncan has been a revelation this season he's the right back tim parker aaron long i would say once i can forget the nycfc game i'd still go <laughs> with jason pendant as the left back 
Look, the real decision is who are those two holding midfield players? Uh, you, you've got Caceres, you've got Sean Davis, you've got Florian Volo can play there, Drew Yearwood, Mark Schakowsky. They all bring a little bit of a different element. I'm going to go back, and I never thought I would say this uh, because I've been high on so many other players for that spot, but with Caceres back and Sean Davis playing like he's been playing, uh, those would be my two guys in the starting 11. Certainly, uh, Shetkowski and Drew Yearwood nipping at their heels, but I'd stick mm -hmm. with Sean Davis and Caceres. And in front of them, look, Kaku, obviously, as the number 10. I need Florian Velo in the lineup, so I'd put him there, and I'd give Danny Royer one last chance to impress us, right? I think he struggled a little bit, but going into a playoff game, uh, I'd have those three, Kaku, Danny Royer, Florian Velo, and then to your point that we were just discussing, right now I, I go with the hot guy. I'd go with Brian White up top. Kaku and Christian Caceres play World Cup qualifiers November 17th. So this is on the heels of you giving me your best 11. Assuming they travel back to the United States the next day, November 18th, a nine-day quarantine would keep them away from their teammates until November 27th at least. So MLS might be deciding some of the issue here, obviously. These players would not only appear likely to miss a play-in round game, but if the Red Bulls advance to what is a conference quarterfinal, they'd likely miss that match as well, depending on what the schedule makers absolutely decide. Do we just have to just chalk this up to 2020? You want rules, you're in the wrong place. Or is there just something inherently wrong with MLS doing it this way? Look, first of all, I'll give them a pass, MLS, for this year. Certainly. Uh, unforeseen, unprecedented times. And they've done a great job, Major League Soccer, of navigating uh, a 23-game season for most teams uh, in this year. So they get a pass for this year. To your question, Major League Soccer has to resolve this. If you're a big-time pro league, you cannot be playing during international breaks that, that take your best stars uh, away from the team. Can you imagine that happening in, in the NBA or the NHL or baseball or NFL? It's, it's just un, unconscionable. So I know it's difficult, and you have to work with the calendar, but you've got to find a way, like leagues do all over the world, to take a break during these international breaks. Unless you go to a world calendar, or I should say a European calendar, this is going to be your reality. And it has been reality for so much of this league's 25-year history. What we know at the time of the taping of this podcast is that the Red Bulls will finish either 6th, 7th, or 8th in the final Eastern Conference standings that will be determined on Sunday night. If it's 6th, they avoid the play-in round. If it's seventh or eighth, they will host an opponent to be determined on or about November 20th. How upset do you think they should be that their stranglehold on a top-six position in the East really did slip out of their hands with the loss at Yankee Stadium? There was, in retrospect, a lot on the line in the Bronx. Yeah, there's no doubt about it, Steve, and I think that's why Bradley Cornell is so upset. Look, this season turned around 
it turned around for New York Red Bull with that 1-0 victory in Atlanta with the Wonder Kid signing a contract, getting a goal. That changed the whole uh, direction of the season. So I, I don't know how uh, despondent you can be that you, you let that slip away. You really didn't earn it all year. Uh, it would have been great if you came in and beat NYCFC and you're still hunting down that number six spot. But look, I, it's hard to play the play-in game, but it's not insurmountable. Uh, to me, that's not the end of the day. Get into the playoffs. There was a point in the season where that was not assured that the Red Bull would be top 10. Get in there and then do some damage. We'll go more in depth on Toronto a little bit later in the week, but the fact that they'll be playing for Supporter Shield does not make this any easier for Red Bull. Look, you and I have been at the mic for three of these games from the Red Bull perspective. Back in 2013 under Mike Petke, twice under Jesse Marsh. You know the jump, the juice that is in the stadium, that is on the sideline for each one of those New York teams that never disappointed in that situation. And Greg Vanny spoke to the importance of this trophy, remember, when the Supporters Council initially decided they would not award it this year before reversing course. All things considered equal. Yeah, the game is at Red Bull Arena. This is going to be a tough nut on Sunday for New York, isn't it? Yeah, no doubt about it. And and look, Steve, you've known me over the last many, many years. When that first was a supporter's shield, I couldn't care less about it. What, what did it mean? Nothing. Now it means a whole lot, right? The way the playoffs are. It's a number one seed. If you go to the end, you're hosting MLS Cup. It's a spot in, I think, Champions League or <laughs> CONCACAF. I mean, there's a lot riding on it. At first, it was just the supporters having fun, right? Now it's meaningful. So Greg Vanny, his team is going to come in there flying. They're going to be fighting. A totally different scenario than had they not been in the hunt. Okay. We will get into this and save a little bit that's in the tank for later this week and a preview of Decision Day as the Red Bulls split the season series versus New York City. Goodbye for now. Thanks for listening to Believe in Soccer. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.